I made a bit of money along the way. We're talking like maybe a hundred dollars here or there um, for like advertising, like testing companies who you know, come to us and wanted to advertise. Um, but you know, nothing significant, nothing that would really cover the costs. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Rosie Sherry. She previously bootstrapped Ministry of Testing, a community for software testers to seven figures. Now she leads the community over at Indie Hackers and is building up Rosie Land, a community for community builders on the side. Rosie, ready to take us to the top? <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> it requires a special amount of patience to build a really great community. So talk to me. Let's go back to Ministry of Testing. How much of the success of that software was based off the community you built around the, the product? I'd say pretty much. Um, but it wasn't software-based to begin with. It was all kind of just like uh, patching things together with what I could find. So kind of like hosted solutions. Um, but yeah, the community behind it was was the reason it succeeded. And I spent quite literally a uh, few years building that up before I kind of turned it into a business. Mm-hmm. And what's the key to this? I mean, when you are going out and you're building and you're looking for your first sort of hundred folks to put in this community, how did you get the first hundred from at, at Ministry of Testing? Uh, mostly it was down to people that I kind of knew. Um, so I was a tester myself. I knew a few people. Uh, a few people knew of me. I had been had you know a few friends. I had a blog at the time. Um, so, you know, it wasn't hard to get those first few hundred. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think, I think you know, that's, that's probably the key. Is like the, the key to any community is that you have to care about what you're building community about. If you don't, you know, if, you, if you're doing it just like as a business or just, you know, focused on like metrics or growth, it, it becomes much harder to kind of show um, that, that much needed human aspect that communities need. Um, so just by, you know, showing up and showing that you understand what, what people struggle with, you know, what you're talking about and I think makes it easier to come on board. Mm -hmm. And how do you, I mean, there's a balance between building a community around what you love and then being able to invest more in that community because you're able to generate real revenue from a software product or something like that. So when was the first moment for you that you, this is going to be uncomfortable for you. 
that you made a dollar from your community? I made a dollar. So, yeah, I mean, I started it, you know, very much like as a side project without really kind of intentions to turn it into a business. Um, and I kept it like that for three years. Um, it was about three years. I made a bit of money along the way. We're talking like maybe $100 here or there um, for like advertising. Um, we'd get like testing companies who you know, come to us and wanted to advertise. Um but, you know, nothing significant, nothing that would really cover the costs. Um, so I guess, you know, I guess that would be my first few dollars mm-hmm. advertising. Yep. And so you're still running, you know, your current gig is Indie Hackers. And I want to talk about how you met Cortland and how that happened. But you're still running Ministry of Testing, correct? I think you said on Indie Hackers, it's, it's now a six-figure company because of COVID, but it was a seven-figure company at one point. Yeah, I still own it. I don't run it. So like day-to-day, I don't, I don't do anything. Um, I stepped back a couple of years ago. Um, I found someone within the community that um, was up for kind of leading it. Um, I, I originally spent like about 18 months kind of teaching him everything I knew. Um, and then I stepped back two years ago. Um, and, you know, since then I've been doing less and less. And now I, I basically... I basically uh, do, do nothing. So Sherry, one of the hardest parts that I talk to, uh, with folks trying to build a community is when they want to pass it off to someone. And sometimes they go and try and recruit somebody from outside the community that almost always fails. Other people, they find the most passionate community member and figure out how to incentivize them to run the community. How did you do that with the, the person you found from ministry? How did you incentivize them financially to run the company? Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's tough, right? So for me, it's like I, I knew the guy. Um, he had like grown up a bit in the testing community, and through us, he got in his first speaking gig through Ministry of Testing. Oh wow! Um, he helped um, organize some of our events, so we had time to like work together on a more casual or not non-committal basis. Um, and the more we did that, and the more that I kind of wanted to step back and do something else, um, I just kind of like handed more stuff over to him and then we kind of spoke about the idea of him taking over so it wasn't like an overnight thrash things out um and things are still being thrashed out now but um basically um as as a founder it's tough right because it's like you know i spent like over 10 years building up ministry of testing and, and it's you know you become attached to it and it's hard to hard to let go um but when when i stepped back i had to you know recognize as well within myself that I couldn't you know it wasn't if if I was to step back it couldn't be mine anymore it's like I I wouldn't be able to make those decisions and I would have to let him make all all the decisions he wanted to make even even if I don't agree with him right um so you know he does stuff that you know I, I I don't necessarily agree with but that you know that's okay it doesn't mean it's right or wrong it's just that he now has has a better understanding of the community and where he wants to take it. And I think that if he can't take it in the direction that he wants to take it, then he would probably lose interest um, to run it. So um, I know that I would lose interest if I didn't have like full control to, to lead something. So mm-hmm. um, I just have to kind of let it go and, and hope, hope that it turns out right. So Rosie, did is he now basically a full time employee at Ministry? Does he have equity? He's got equity and he's and he's a full time employee. Oh wow! Okay, that's great. Okay, let's fast forward to Indie Hackers. 
When yeah. do you, when do you meet? How does the Cortland Rosie Sherry? How does that marriage happen? <laughs> uh, well, funnily enough, I did uh, when Cortland launched Indie Hackers. It was like the early days. Um, he was doing the text based interviews, um, and I I did one of the first. I think I was like number seventeen or something. I did um, for the interviews um, for Ministry of Testing. So I kind of opened myself up to, to like the money that I was making at Ministry of Testing and how, how it was working. Um, so that was like our first kind of introduction. Um, and then like as I was starting to step back from Ministry of Testing, I was looking for things to do and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And I kept dropping into indie hackers because uh, you know I like you know I like communities. I like I liked what they were doing. Um, and I saw he was looking for, for a bit of help. It was originally like Twitter help, and I was like, oh, I can do that. I did that for Ministry of Testing. I did all the marketing and growth kind of stuff for Ministry of Testing. So I just reached out to him and said that, you know, I would be up for that. Um, for me, I saw it like as a learning opportunity to see how Indie Hackers was run and how they manage stuff. So I thought, you know, if I want to hang out there, then I might as well get paid to hang out there. Mm-hmm. What was um, the first thing you did once you joined Indie Hackers to start looking at driving more engagement, more growth? Um, yeah, so when I joined, I ended up joining as as like a community manager. Um, even though like Cortland wasn't like hiring for that specific role, that's kind of how I joined. Um, and I think like the most important thing as a c- community person is is to kind of what I call study your people and get to know your people. So rather than like jump in and you know try to do exciting things, it's like you know hang out with them, um, see what they're talking about, ha- you know have discussions with them, um, and then and then try to I guess like work with Cortland and, and make decisions on on what are good things to do right now. Um, everything I've done has has been very kind of like practical and hands on, um, and very just like let's let's see what we can do right now to mm-hmm. improve things and you know, help us go in the right direction to where we need to go. For folks listening to this, wondering that just the blocking and tackling of launching a community, you know, one of the articles you just promoted on Indie Hackers was uh, Daniel Vassalo's story. Uh, It looks like he launched his profit and loss newsletter using circle.so. Do you like circle.so as just like the software to run a community on? Or do you prefer people build it inside of Slack or Facebook groups, etc.? I think it depends. I, I I think the problem is, uh, people think about the tools first and then the community second. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to, to not think about the tools first because, I mean, we get the questions all the time. Anywhere you go, you say, what tools should I, you know, the, the people are always asking, what tools should I use to build the community? And so you can't answer that question until you get to know who your community are. You need to, like, understand what they're interested in. You need to know where they hang out. You need to know what, what tools they you use generally day to day um so for some people like slack's a perfect tool and there's some really great slack communities out there can you name one or two so we can study them uh yeah uh, lenny slack um is is a great one it's probably you know one of the best managed in my opinion that i've been on um and then charlie ward uh runs a weekend club i think it's weekendclub.co um and he, that's like a indie co-working type community, um, and he, you know, he does really well with that. And in both those co- communities, there's a great, the great vibe. 
Um, and I've spoken to Charlie a number of times and, you know, we've, we've talked about like maybe moving to different tools. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's, his community are happy there. They're all familiar with Slack. Mm-hmm. So it was like if he tried to move to Circle or if he tried to move to uh, another tool, it would probably, the community would probably die in my mm-hmm. opinion. When um, I look at, when I look at your pattern of your, on your profile on Indie Hackers, I see a constant theme, which is always something that combines a tactic plus something that's money related. In fact, one of your recent posts that did really well was you breaking down sort of first, you know, last 10 years of money making next 10 years of money, like all your ways you made money, paid off debts, etc. The one here with Daniel also does the same thing. It's a tactic newsletter growth plus the money behind it. Have you found that this recipe of tactic plus proof in the form of revenue and money is really what makes it work on indie hackers? Uh, sometimes. They're not all like that. I think those are my most recent posts. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, money money speaks, right? Everybody wants to, wants to know like how people make money. And if you look at the top posts, all-time posts at indie hackers, a lot of them have to do with how people have made money. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just something naturally, you know, people just naturally gravitate to that. They're naturally curious and, and they want to know like the real stories and they want to know um, the true stories, as, you know, not not like some kind of um, fake, fake uh, you know, journey. They, they, they want to know the real struggles because that's that's where everybody at Indie Hackers wants to be. They want, they want to be independent. So Rosie, if someone's listening right now and they're trying to find their formula, a content formula that really works, what's a way that they could engage in the form of asking their audience a question to try and uncover what that unique content combination is? Uh, I would just just say like experiment, Um, like a a combination of experimenting and seeing what works um, and then kind of finding like what's, what's the balance with what you want to achieve as as an individual, um, I think um, as I guess as humans we like to copy each other. But um, my, my gut, I, I, you know, I haven't studied this in, in detail. But I think the people who end up succeeding are the people who who try to do things differently or try to do things in their own way, and and that's what makes them stand out. Rosie, what's so something like, you really want to try but you haven't been able to try because indie hackers is part of Stripe. Oh God! Um, <laughs> I'm going to get you in trouble with this question, but you must have <laughs> ideas, and you're like, I, I really want to try this, but yeah. it's too crazy. I want to do events, and Cortland knows this. I, I've I've bugged him about events. Um, virtual so right I, now? Well, I guess yeah, I guess virtual. Um, I don't think there's enough events going on online. So it's like, you know, it's one thing connecting through through the forum, um, but you know, connecting face to face or virtually face to face, I think starts to bring a, a a really good uh, trust, you know, and community sense to everything. Um, so yeah, events. All right, Rosie, where, what are you teaching in your course? It sounds like you're putting a community together of community builders. Where can people learn more about that if they want to join? Uh, yeah, they could go to um, Rosieland uh, Rosie HQ on Twitter is probably the best place at the moment. There's a few things changing around on the website. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm building a course. It's the first time I've done it. So stepping outside of my comfort zone. Um, I've been building communities for like 15 years. And I feel like there's a lot to teach that no, nobody's really talking about. Yep. Guys, if you're listening going, why is Nathan being so soft with Rosie? He's not asking revenue <laughs> questions or anything. That's because she's already written about it all. So you can go look all this up. She's so transparent with all this stuff. I wanted to get into some of the other sort of 
softer subjects of building a community because, again, the best communities are the ones that are not focused on money first. They're really focused on listening, as Rosie explained. And if you want to learn more about how she's doing it and some wild ideas she wants to try, you can go check out her course, check out her Twitter. Rosie, anywhere else they can they should check out online that we can learn more about you? Uh, oh, uh, no, Twitter's good. All That's right. my place. <laughs> Rosie Sherry, Ministry of Testing, now Indie Hackers full-time. Her first course coming up. We're rooting for her. Rosie, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.